What's up, everybody? This is Mind Your Money with Miss Be Helpful, a show that highlights people and stories that will inspire you to get your money right. And today on the show, I have Michael from bougiebudgets.com. What's up, Michael? Hi, how are you, Yanelli? I am super Good. excited to chat with you today. Yes, same girl. So actually, for those of you listening or watching on YouTube, I actually met Michael recently through the Hella Helpful workshop series that um, Hey Burna planned. If you guys don't know about it, y'all need to pause this right now and go look up hellahelpful.com. Um, Berna, who is a financial hype woman, uh, she has a, a very, very, very fun brand about teaching people about personal finance. And she put together a series of workshops that were all free, focused on people of color, low income, first generation backgrounds. And it was a phenomenal experience. Like we had so many people sign up and um, I did a workshop on savings. We were all in a Slack chat together trying to prep it and plan it. And that's how I met, um, that's how I met Michael. So I was like, oh, we got to have you on the show, girl. I love what you're doing. Uh, and so glad to have you today. Yeah. Hella Helpful was such a great experience and I'm excited to see, you know, what comes out of it. Berna mm -hmm. is so dope. I actually met her at FinCon. So mm -hmm. we kind of, you know, go way back a little bit. That's so fun. <laughs> yeah, actually. So I had known Berna from Instagram. We were just like chatting and then she found my YouTube channel and, you know, she had a YouTube channel as well, but then she took more towards Instagram. And then mm -hmm. I was at FinCon too. I didn't know you were at FinCon. She, we, she and I met in person because she was doing like a dancing series. You remember she was finding people and dancing. Yeah. With them. So she hit me up on the app and was like, girl, I got to find you at some point so we could do our little dance. And we ended up going outside and doing the twerking by the pool. But mm -hmm. uh, but it was it was a, it was such a fun time. Yes. Yeah, I had a great time. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who are not familiar with Michael and with her brand, Bougie Budgets, Michael, just give them a little introduction into uh, who you are and what your brand is all about. Yeah, so I am Michael, and I am known as the Bougie Budgeter on Instagram and all on the interwebs. Um, <laughs> Bougie Budgets just kind of came out of a need for for me because, like, I I'm like trying to understand finances. I had just graduated college, you yeah. know, not too too long ago, and I was like, okay, like I want to get my money together. And like, how do I do it? And I just was not feeling a lot of the financial help out here. I was mm -hmm. not feeling like a, the idea of not starvation, but deprivation, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and people saying like, you know, you can't travel or you're, you, you can't do these things when you're trying to become debt free or become financially free. And yeah. I was like, well, you know, well, what's the point of financial freedom if I can't do anything? Mm, so yeah. I decided that I wanted to create a platform and a voice to empower and engage people in a different way, but still making money fun. So yeah. that is just kind of how Bougie Budgets came about. Like I was like, you know, I'm bougie. I like to travel. I like to have fun. I like to be social. And yeah. I'm also responsible with my money because you can do both. <laughs> I love that. I love that because you're right. There is this um, general like reputation in the personal finance slash like debt-free financial freedom uh, community and culture that is very much like frugal, frugal, frugal. And then there's the opposite. Like people are like, no, nah, uh -uh, anti-frugal. I'm not, that's being cheap. I'm not cheap. And there's always this sort of like, you know, dichotomy between those two. So I, I like that you said like your platform was actually going to bridge them and say, it, you don't have to be one or the other. You can have both. You can be responsible with your money and not, you know, be labeled whatever, you know, labels people want to pick for you if you're being strategic about spending your money. Like that doesn't have to be labeled a certain way. Um, so I love that. 
in a second, I'm going to come back to this topic of why you chose to name the the, the platform Bougie Budgets and Bougie Budgeter to refer mm-hmm. to yourself. Because I know I read a blog post that you put up about how your family used the term Bougie to refer to you as the Bougie one. So we're going to come back to that. But yeah. first, I want to just okay. start with a quick um, fun question, which is what was the most expensive purchase that you've made to this day that you remember making and you actually really regret it? Let's say more so I the most money I regret spending is like my $5,000 bonus check from when I first got mm. started in corporate. Like honestly, yeah. Nelly, all I all I know is that I bought a necklace, some AirPods and a Kate Spade purse. And I don't know how oh. um, your, your edition works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> three things. I and I don't think that they oh those three things goodness. added up to five thousand dollars, but five thousand dollars was gone from oh that bonus goodness. check. And so oh I'm just like, okay. Goodness. And I think that was really the time where I was like, Oh, I have a problem and I need to solve yeah. it. So literally after that that is when I started tracking my expenses and all of that kind of stuff, because I was like, where did this money go? Yeah, I I feel like that usually that's what happens to people is they have to have a really bad experience to the point where they lost so much money that they realize they don't have money management skills. And like you either want them real bad after that, or you just decide you're the type of person who's going to be a mess financially and you're always going to be scrambling. Like, because I think that's the moment, right? That's the make or break moment. You realize the $5,000 were gone, just gone, poof, up and disappeared. You, you, you bought a couple things, but like, come on, that was not $5,000 worth of stuff. Where did the money go? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> where did it go? And, you know, the world still will never know, but it's okay. You know, I'm moving forward. I have forgiven myself for those past mistakes. A true Michael mystery up in here. Oh, my God. Okay, so what about on the flip side of that? What was an expensive purchase that you made that was very costly, but you actually don't regret it? You're actually very glad that you made that purchase because it was worth it for you. You know, um, it is going to be the one thing that people like to go back and forth with, and it is college. Like, Mm. honestly, I came and I'm okay with saying that I'm $75,000 in uh, student loan debt, debt. but I don't regret going to college. I would say, like, I more so regret how I paid for college Mm. and that is because I, I, you know, yeah, I was 17. I was a child. Like, I didn't care about taking the time to st- um, study or taking the time to apply to scholarships and things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was also in that mindset of I didn't think that people would give me scholarship money in the first place. So yeah. it it's a lot to expect a 17-year-old to to know. And both of my parents, they, they like, they went to college, but they didn't finish college. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they came from low income backgrounds and they worked it to build up to what to be able to afford to even give me the opportunity to go to college. And, mm-hmm. you know, to me, it's like, how dare I not try my hardest and and appreciate the gift of knowledge and the degree that my parents like sacrifice to help me to get. Right. Yeah. You know, I could definitely relate to that because when I was little, I used to be like real nerdy in school. Like I I would cry if I didn't get a 90 on my test and everything. I was that, I was that weird nerdy kid. Right. And 
I think the reason why I was like that is because my parents, they never let me forget that they didn't get a chance to go to school. When they were in Dominican Republic, they grew up in DR. When they were little, they went to kindergarten, first grade, second grade, and then that was it. They had to get pulled out of school because they had to work on the farm. They had to like feed animals. They had to, you know, get the coffee beans, do all these things because that's how my grandparents were able to make money was through selling coffee, selling plantains, like, you know, getting... um milk from the cows, like feeding the pigs, like those are the types of things every day. They needed help on the farm to be able to make money from the land. So my parents, pretty much it was just child labor, like all through their childhood, they didn't really experience a regular childhood. And I felt bad about that. So when I was in school, I didn't take it light. Like I was like, oh, this is, this is what they wish they had. And you know, I have to take it seriously and I have to appreciate that, that I have this opportunity that they didn't have. And, you know, it sounds like that was a little bit of what you had going on, too, where you were like, I'm, yeah. I got to college. And yes, it's, it's an it's a, a expensive thing and it's going to take a lot of sacrifices. But I have this opportunity to finish and get this degree, which is something that I know my parents didn't get to do. That would yeah. really, really change, you know, the th change the opportunities that would be available to you compared to your previous generation. Yeah, absolutely. And just and even even further, like my my grandmother, she grew up in Montgomery, Alabama during civil rights times. And, you know, she was down there when the Montgomery bus boycott was happening. Wow. And she she had to leave school because she had children. And, you know, again, mm. like she had mouths to feed and things yep. like that. So yep. it college and education has always been super important to me. Yeah. And it's and just even the place that I went, like going to the specific university, going to an HBCU was so important to me. Yeah. It taught me so much about just my culture, about people that came before me. And, mm. you know, m like my best friends are there. Like mm. that's where I grew up. Really, that's where I became an adult. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't subscribe to that to the notion of, um, you know, college isn't worth it and things like that. Because for a lot of us, that is our way out. That is yeah. our way to seeing different things and being in front of other people um, with different professions. That's where you see people that look like you doing yeah. things that you want to do in the future. Right. And I don't regret one bit of it. You know, I'm going to try to figure out how to pay the $75,000 back, but... At, awesome. at the end of the day, like, you know, that's the money already spent. I can't cry over it now. That's true. That's so true. I, I, I really love that you said that because I think a lot of people, they keep beating themselves up about past mistakes or past spending, whether they consider it a mistake or not. And at the end of the day, once you realize where you are, you just have to accept that. Like, just accept it. Don't beat yourself up about it. Don't constantly go back over. What if I had not done that? What if I had done this or done that? Like, you didn't. So it doesn't really matter. Like, focus your mental energy on taking the next step. Because the only thing you can change is the future. You cannot change the past. The past is the past. It passed. Exactly. You can't change it. So I, I love that you said exactly. that. It's like, it already happened. Now I just got to focus on what's next yeah and like one thing that I definitely practice is gratitude for my present for my past yes. and for my future like every morning I wake up and I'm like you know I'm grateful for the money that I have presently in my account mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. grateful for the money that I will have in the future yes. and I'm grateful for the money that I had that I've spent and that has created the opportunities to be in the present 
I love that. I gotta, I've been, I do like loosey goosey type meditative practice, but, and I don't write. I used to write a lot and then I kind of stopped. And every year I, I do a little pseudo New Year's goal to like write more. But I have to, like, I have to start a gratitude journal because everybody that I talk to that tells me that they do gratitude practice, whether it's just thinking and saying out loud what they're grateful for in the morning or whether it's writing it down every day, it really changes your mindset. It makes you think differently and more positively because you can't yeah. help it. You can't help it but think positive thoughts when you're constantly feeling grateful and gratitude all the time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and honestly, so I've been reading The Power of Habit, like quick tangent, but. Yes. He, love James Clear. Oh, no, that, yes. that's not The Power of Habit. That's Atomic Habits. The Power of Habit is um, Duhigg. Oh, that's Duhigg. Okay. Yeah. So I've read both. Right now I'm reading At Atomic Habits. So good. And. You know, just him saying, like, start with two minutes a day. So mm. instead of, like, at first I was like, oh, you know, I need to be meditating for, like, 10, 20 minutes in the morning and things like that. Like, I'm just starting with the two minutes a day yes. and just yes. really, go, like, building up the habit of mm -hmm. sitting and meditating and sitting with yes. myself and feeling present. And yep. it, I'm telling you, it just, it feels, it feels good. It makes my day start off, um great. So that is like, I, I practice that. gratitude in the morning. Every morning I practice gratitude. I love that a lot. Um, the bite size start to it, it makes it possible. Like when you think about, oh, I, I can't meditate for 20 minutes every day. I can't, you know, well, of course not. Cause you're starting with such a big, huge goal. Like start with just two minutes, start with one minute every day, then two minutes, then three minutes, then four minutes. And you could do the same thing with, with money. Like you could do the same thing with budgeting. Like, okay, I can't budget Literally. everything right now. It's too scary. Oh my God. Okay. Start with just Every day for two minutes, go through your spending. Did you know you spent that much? Mm -hmm. What's surprising? What's, what's confusing? What, what's wrong? What's right? Next day, three minutes. Scroll through, look at your purchases. Eventually, it becomes a practice that you do, and then you can actually create a budget from your, your actual finances. But you could start small. You don't have to always jump straight to you know, the biggest accomplishment first. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about your background. You mentioned a little bit about your parents uh, attending college but not being able to graduate and your grandma's story growing up in Alabama and having um, to stop because she had children. And so I want to know a little bit more about your upbringing. How did all of the early experiences in your childhood around either conversations around money or being aware of the money situation that your family was in just from what you saw or what you heard? How did all of those early money lessons or early money memories that you have impact the way that you are now? Yeah, so I am the youngest of six, mm -hmm. and You're um, the baby. I am the baby, <laughs> and everybody knows that by the time the baby rolls around, that's when mama and daddy either has way much more money than they did in the beginning, or they, you know, are still in the same place, or maybe less. And yeah. I came around when my parents had way, way more money. Um, my parents got married. They got married in their, like, late 30s or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, they both, they had already had children, so my dad had two girls. My, literally, we're like the Brady Bunch. <laughs> like my dad had two girls. My mom had two boys, and then you know, then they got married and had me and my sister. So it's six of us. Okay. And um, by you know, before my my parents got married, they were both like they they were doing very okay for themselves. My mom mm -hmm. was on welfare at first. Yeah. Uh, my dad also is no stranger to welfare. Yeah. And um, when they got married, 
my my mom works like as a secretary. My dad worked had two full time jobs my entire life. Like he legit just retired mm-hmm. in February. Wow. So all of my life, he's always had two full time jobs. He worked yeah. for the water company and the postal service. So mm-hmm. um, he worked at night. And you know what was really special about my dad is that even though he had two full time jobs and worked, he like he's the epitome of a family man and our family is like we're we're really close-knit we we are the family that plays games together and things like that and my mom was the money person Mm. so that was like the first kind of difference where I I noticed a difference where most people like their dad takes care of the money and whatever but that's right but my mama, that she was the one who she held the purse. You know, if you wanted some money, you go to my mom. Yes. <laughs> and um, because when she did go to college for her first year, she studied accounting. And, you know, that's another similarity of like when I went to school, I, I studied accounting. Mm-hmm. I've been studying accounting for the last 10 years. You know, even though I'm very young, <laughs> even though I'm 24, I've been studying accounting since I was in high school. So like I was budget, I knew how to do balance sheets, like the back Mm. of my hand before I left, before I, before I stepped foot on a college campus, I knew how to, you know, balance, balance sheets, income statements, all of that. And, um, my mom taught me a lot about money and they, they worked with what they had. So they weren't like huge investors, but I knew about mutual funds. She used um, secure loans to improve me and my sister's credit. So mm-hmm. by the time I went to college, I had like a 750 credit score, which uh, I kind of um, messed up myself. Right. But, <laughs> but at least your mom set you up for success. Yeah, she's, yeah. Like, she definitely set us up. And, you know, I mostly grew up in a, in a middle-class home. Like, yeah. by, again, like by the time I grew up, um, um, that's when they had already bought their house and they had the things set in place. Yeah. And I, I was reaping the benefits of their their hard work from the last 30 years. Right. Because they they kind of started with nothing. My dad is has five brothers and sisters. My mom grew up from a single single mom. So they wanted they did everything that they could to, you know, give us a give us, you know, a, a break, you know, give us, give us as, as much as they did not have and right. create a, a family structure that we can definitely depend on. And even to this day now, like my money decisions, a lot of my budgeting tips and stuff, yeah. you know, y'all need a shout out to mama bougie because a lot of it comes from her <laughs> and that. how, she, how she, how she thinks of money. And, yeah. and she really passed that on to us. And I'm, I'm literally the only one that um, does accounting and I'm the only one that really enjoys money wow. out of my mom's, you know, six kids, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm super grateful. And, I think that's that's what makes my story a little bit more unique too, because you know some it, it is one thing from coming from a low income, but even studies show that people that come from middle class homes they aren't um, equipped or they usually stay in a middle class. That's they don't yeah. accumulate more wealth. They, right. they don't really become more wealthy than their parents. Yeah, or worse, they but, go back. They go backwards and they become right. low income. Yeah, it's very exactly. Hard. That's right. It's, it's very interesting. And then when I went to college, again, like being preyed upon, we ended up doing a Parent PLUS loan. Wow. So 
because that's the only way my parents really know how to how to pay. They they knew, you know, as much as they they could. And then I decided, like, you know, I had to I'm kind of the one that is going to have to, you know, make enough for my entire family because, you know, I'm the youngest of six and I make the most money. Yeah. Well, it's a lot <laughs> of my oldest. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. And I think that some people don't don't get that either. Like just because I came from a middle class, um, my parents again, my parents had six children. We and they told us that they could afford to pay, you know, a thirty thousand dollar tuition every year with yeah. six with six children. Yeah. That's just it's just crazy. Yeah, so that's a lot. Um yeah, yeah. so you know, on That's paper, they might seem ha- like middle class, right? On, on paper, technically, they're middle class. But after you divvy up what they were doing across six kids, right. you know, it's like, all right, y'all on paper exactly. is one thing. But in reality, what you your lived experience is not always just going to be so fancy because you have to, to maintain all six of the kids plus the mom and dad. That's a lot of exactly. a lot of people. Yeah. Exactly. So that that's where that's where we came from. Mm-hmm. And, and I like to say that, you know, I am continuing this legacy and providing for my family just as much as my parents provided for us. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, one of the things that you mentioned just now that uh, is interesting is that you said that your mom set you up by doing secured loans to get you a really great credit score. So when you got to college, you're like, hey, okay, you're at that 750, which is, you know, that's coveted for somebody who's 18, 19 to have already coming in a really great credit score. But then you messed it up somehow. I don't know what you did. So talk to us about how you went from a teen whose parents set her up for for success with their credit score, went to college, ends up with a career, and ends up somehow through that transition from teen to college to career messing up your credit score. So I I didn't know that I had a 750 credit score at first. Wow. Let me let let's start there. I, I did not realize I had such a high credit score until I started working at Victoria's Secret. Mm-hmm. And the angel card is where all good things go to die. Oh my lord. Did you open <laughs> the Victoria's Secret card when you were working there? Girl, I was spending no. it okay oh boy spending it victoria's secret knew me like they i spent so much money like they were like wow miss james you went from a regular angel car holder to a platinum angel car holder in a month and i was no. like exactly that's not an accomplishment that's bad oh my god Girl, <laughs> i was spending it spending it but at that oh. time too i had three jobs that summer so i was working mm. at victoria's I was working at Ann Taylor and I had a government internship. So like I was like, I'm you rich. Hustling girl. And I'm going below it. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. I because I had to I also had to make enough money during the summer because that's another thing. My parents didn't allow me to work during school. Because, mm. you know, again, like I am their investment. So they said, you know, we are giving you everything that you need to go to college. So you focus on, yeah, you focus on school. You don't need to get a job. You don't need to do any of those extra things. You just need to kill it in school. So I didn't work. I didn't get my first job until I was like 18 after during the summer. So I would work two and three jobs every summer to make enough money to last me through the school year. And I did that. Every yeah, summer from my right. freshman year. Yeah. From my freshman year all, all through grad school, I that's that's how I, I navigated. I would make 
as much money as I could and then stretch it out for the next six months. So mm-hmm. that I think that's another way that the budgeting wow. just came out of me. And so when I was working at Victoria's Secret, I was like, Ooh. okay, well, I just, let me just get a little angel car. You know, I let, let everybody influence me. I'm like, okay, let Girl, me just get a little angel Girl, but how? You were spending most of it at Victoria's Secret. Girl, I, and they gave me a, like, a thousand dollar limit. Yeah. Why would you give a 20 year old a thousand dollar limit <laughs> oh boy. At, at Victoria's Secret? Mm-hmm. And like, of course, I get all the extra discounts and stuff like that. So I'm just like shopping it up. Work and even to mm. this day, listen, to this day, I still got every single piece of those because I'm not letting that investment go. <laughs> I At hope this point, you y'all do. an investment. Right. That is too <laughs> funny. Yo, so yeah, I I'm a really big gift giver. So I love Christmas and that's something that I'm never gonna give up. I like to give gifts, mm-hmm. I like to give thoughtful gifts, whatever. Yeah. So it was the one Christmas, I was like, okay, well, I don't have a I don't I don't really have money right now, but if y'all want something from Victoria's Secret, I'll get you something from Victoria's Secret. Yeah. So I got all of my friends and my mom and my friends and family like gifts from Victoria's Secret. Yeah. And then I got fired from my internship over the winter break. Uh-oh. And I did not have enough money to pay for my Victoria's Secret bill. And I didn't spend I, I probably spent like or whatever for for all of my friends and family. Girl, I ended up paying Victoria's Secret $600 because I just stopped paying on the, I just stopped paying the credit card because I didn't have any money. And you weren't even, did you send at least a minimum payment or you just, I didn't even, I, I acted like, I acted like I didn't know Victoria's Secret. Okay. Those bill collectors was calling my phone. I was like, whoo, girl, I don't know who you're going to talk to, but it is not me. Wow. You're running from them. I was trying to run. They caught me. They caught me. Okay. And I paid them their $600. But my credit. How did it end? No, it. It didn't go to collections. Like they were threatening for it to go to collections, and I got scared. So then I was like, "Okay, well, let me figure out how to pay six hundred dollars." But I had to do it without telling my mom because I was like, "I'm not going to tell her. I'm not going to tell my mom or my dad that I got six hundred dollars worth of credit card debt because they would kill me." <laughs> you, yeah, <laughs> like, I wouldn't be alive to tell the story. <laughs> my mama already told me not to get a credit card, so oh, I was like, "Okay." Man. I just had to figure out how to pay my $600. So then I was doing my side hustling and stuff like that. I was a tutor and then I got my refund check from, from school. And I was like, all right, let me just pay the $600 off. But that knocked down my credit by like 200 points. So I was like five fifty out for this Victoria's Secret card. And I was just like, my goodness, you know, it's okay. You know, the crazy part of that story is, all you had to do is pay the minimum balance due each month and you would have been fine with your credit. But people don't know these things. There's so yeah. much that we don't get taught. You were handed a credit card with $1,000 on it. Same thing happened to me my freshman year. They handed me a credit card with $1,500 on it. And what do we know? We come from, you know, having maybe 50 bucks at most cash from our, you know, yeah. from our, and then all of a sudden $1,000. Like, come on. So I feel like in, in a lot of ways, 
it, it's a, the system is set up in a way to make people do the wrong thing with, with money because it, it, they don't require you to fill out a, a quick test. Like when you get your driver's license, you cannot get that driver's license until you take that quick test, so you get the permit first, so you get this. Why is it not the same thing with other products? Like a credit card, you should have to do a quick little you know, assessment. Like, do you understand that you should send the minimum balance every month? Do you understand that if you don't, this is what's going to happen? Because if you, if you don't know, you, you make all the mistakes because you literally thinking, oh, I'll pay it when I can. And you don't realize it's getting reported to all three credit bureaus and ruining your credit report and your credit score. Yeah. Like I, if I would have known that I could just sent $25 for them to like stop calling me. I would have just yeah. done that, but yeah. whatever, it's fine. You know, I, you live and you learn. My credit score ended up, you live you know, and you learn. I will ha- be happy to, you know, announce that I am back up to um, 720 now, you know, I'm, hey. I'm good. Feel great there about go, that. But, yeah. <laughs> so and after that, like, I didn't get my first like actual credit card until I was 21. Like I, I was very, very cautious with money. And I think because I just, I was scared to, to mess something up. Right. And I'm, and I'm learning even, even now continually every day, like, don't be scared, you know, scare money, don't make no money. And at the end of the day, if, if I mess up, if I lose some money, if something happens, it's fine. Like you live and you learn and I'm just going to forgive myself for that past mistake and understand to never do it again. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much because you just can only you can only learn from it. I mean, what's the point of beating yourself up about it? Um, okay, so then you get to the point where you finally realize the mistakes you made. You kind of got it together, fixed it a little bit. You start working. You have a high income, and now everything is great. But you decide you wanted to create this platform for other people. You wanted to make it a larger thing because yeah, you could use all these skills that you have now to help yourself, but. You know, you wanted to do something more. You wanted to put a platform together to help other people. So what was your motivation to start BougieBudgets.com as a blog or as a platform to offer financial literacy workshops? What was the real motivation there? Why did you decide to make it a bigger thing and not just keep it to yourself, your friends, and your family? Um, mainly, like, the Budget Nista. So oh, yes, I, I love Tiffany. love the Budget Nista, like, Oh my gosh. I, and the first time I heard her, I was in college mm-hmm. and she was on one of like my favorite podcasts and she was just like a light, like she was just so bubbly and, you know, hitting the facts with the, with the money and giving just a, a new perspective of something that I've never heard before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this black woman is like killing it in the finance game. And I've never seen, like, I've never seen it. It's just, just as rare as seeing like a black woman CPA. And I'm like, yo, like I can do this and I can show people, I can have personality with it. I can have fun with it and I can still be educating people. And that's kind of where like my inspiration for just even having a clever name and stuff like that. Like it's all the, like, I love 100% that. inspired by um, the budgetista. And I decided like, I didn't want to keep it to myself because I understood, like I, I understand that money is so weird. And I understand that, you know, we are start we're in now an age where technology is big. And mm-hmm. a lot of times some, 
some financial influencers, some educators don't really embrace the technology. Mm-hmm. They, you know, and I was like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't. And I hated traditional budgeting. Like I did not like to look at a traditional spreadsheet, like a traditional budget, like I'm at work on looking at the spreadsheets and I'm like, my life is not a spreadsheet. Right. And yeah. And it was like looking at a bad report card. Honestly, like my some some months I spend way more on my hair than I will on other months. Yeah. Sometimes I am going to spend more on drinks when I go out or I'm going to be a little bit more social right. because it's my friend's birthday. And I like I didn't want to have to plan all those things because I'm not really a planner. I'm more of a doer. Like yeah. I'm just like, OK, let's just kill this and like let's let's do it. Like if I see yeah. the money in my account. All right, cool. So I decided to set up a system, a system for my money instead of a budget for my money. Mm. And I was like, you know, I think that people could really benefit from understanding how to create a money system versus Mm. a budget because budget, the budgeting wasn't working for me. It wasn't hitting the way I thought it was going to hit. And I was like, you know, like, after after I tracked on my spending, after I looked at, okay, I spent all this money, like, what do I do now? Like, yeah. how do I stop myself from spending? How do I really, really change the, the financial climate? How do I work to being able to say, hey, I don't want to go into the office anymore yeah. and, you know, transition because I know that one day I will want to transition out of what I'm doing now and transition into something else. And I realized that it's by having money, yep. <laughs> like yep. rich people get to do whatever they want to because they aren't, they don't have that extra stress of money. Right. And that is where, that's where I wanted to get to. And I think that we can all benefit from that. And, and I didn't like to be shamed for wanting to spend money. Mm. Oh, talk about that. Talk about your family shaming you for being, quote unquote, the bougie one. And that ends up leading to your <laughs> name, the bougie budgeter. Let's talk about that. Oh, yeah. I'm, I am the bougie one. Like, I've always <laughs> been the bougie sister. Like, they get mad when I'm at cookouts and I don't want to eat outside. I'm bougie. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> eat outside because I don't like bugs. Like, oh, and, my goodness. It always, for a long time, it seemed like, you know, the, the, they were kind of attacking me. And it's like, well, I don't know what I'm I'm doing differently. I just like nice things. Like, I like things to be nice. I like things to be in a specific way. But for some reason, you know, all six of y'all in here calling me the bougie one. But we... <laughs> We all grew up with the same parents. I'm yeah. confused. Yeah. Well, I mean, you did you did mention that when your sisters and brothers who are older than you, when they were growing up, your parents weren't as financially um, stable yet. They hadn't built up that as is much. That is true. So probably you got the, you know, you had a little fancier of an experience in terms of what your mm-hmm. families were able to, your parents were able to provide for you because by the time you came around, they were a little bit more financially solid. So maybe, yeah. there, maybe there is a point to them saying <laughs> that, you know, you're a little different. You're a little different. You're the bougie Listen. duckling. <laughs> and and that's fine and that's fine <laughs> but and I wouldn't change it yeah. from any way because like I I realize and and people uh, and actually quick story I was at a net, networking event yeah. and and one of one of my friends she told this lady to come over and was like you know call her bougie or whatever and the lady was like this girl told me to call you bougie oh. and I, I'm like, I'm not, I wasn't sure. Like, should I, 
I just didn't want to offend you. And I was like, yeah. oh, no, like, that's my brand. Like, I'm, no, I'm completely fine with it. And that's because that's it's so funny. It was, it's a negative connotation. And I'm like, yeah. okay, that's fine. Like, I'm going to, I will embrace the bougie lifestyle because it is everything that I enjoy. I like nice things. Yeah. I like to look prim and proper. Yeah. I like to look put together. And if that's, if that, to you is bougie, that's fine. But to me, being bougie is having standards mm -hmm. that no one else can can steer me away from. Like yeah. if I know that when I go on vacation, I like to have my own bed, then on vacation, I'm going to make sure that I have enough money so I can have my own bed. <laughs> I, I'm too old to be sharing a bed with somebody on vacation. Yeah. I, I like that you reclaim the word because it's true. When I was in college, every time people say, oh, she's bougie, you know, oh, she's the bougie one or, you know, whatever. Um, that that definitely was not a compliment. It was more so like, oh, this person, goody two shoes, think they, you know, better than somebody type of thing. And I feel like now, maybe it's because of music and um, social media, online culture. It's not actually as negative as it used to be. To say you're bougie, it just means that you like that. Like, it's just like, I'm a little bit more prim and proper. Like you said, it's not. I think it, it, people still do think of it as a negative word, but it's not as bad, I think, as it used to be when, it, when people first started saying the word. And so I like that you reclaimed it. You were like, I don't care what y'all think the word bougie means. This is what it means for me. And this is why for me, I embrace the word and I allow it to be part of the, the description of me because I see it as a positive piece of who I am. It's just what I like. It's what I like to do. It's how I like to be. And I'm not going to change that for other people because you think bougie is a bad thing. I don't care what you think. I, I'm this way. I like it. And it works for me. So yeah. I, I love that. I love you reclaimed it. That's, that's, that's great. Yeah, girl, and I've been it. bougie ever since. And <laughs> you know, <laughs> everyone loves it. Everyone has fun uh, with it, and and that's that's just my personality too. I yeah. like to have fun with things. I don't like things to feel too stiff, yeah. and that's how I really was able to claim it. Yeah. I love that. I love that a lot. And you know what? The fact that the budgetista inspired you to get started and do your own thing is so beautiful because it just goes to underscore, underline, emphasize that representation matters so freaking much. If you do not see yourself reflected in a certain industry, in a certain sector, in a certain career force, you are not going to, in your mind, see an opportunity for yourself to be there because it's sort of like you, you're just seeing that there is no place for you. Even if you don't, I mean, a lot of people are the pioneers. They're the first ones to do it and they don't care if nobody else is like them and that's fine. But that, it takes a certain amount of grit to be the first person to do something that nobody else was like that before. It takes a, a, a lot. And so most average people wouldn't, if they don't see themselves reflected, they're going to think there's no, uh, there's no space for them there. There is not an opportunity for them there. And so that's why it's so important to have representation. That's why I wanted to start my podcast with just women first. Of course, a lot of people keep asking me, oh, is it just women? I, like guy, my guy friends, are, I want to be on it. I'm like, don't worry. I'm going to open it up to guys too. But right now I, I want to over represent what has been under represented before, which is to show women in, you know, conversations about money, talking about it with confidence and building brands, which is something that I feel like is very rare to see a woman in personal finance, um, you know, just knowing what she's talking about and creating resources for other people. So thank you for joining me for this because yeah, yeah man, your story is so real and I love what you're doing. It's obviously authentic to who you are and that is so mm -hmm. important. It's so, so important. Yeah. And I will like, last thing I will also say is it represents representation matters when it comes to age as well. Mm. Like 
And I didn't realize that so much, but, but when I am in spaces, of course, in the personal finance space, especially like I am pretty much the youngest one in every room. I'm usually the, and sometimes I get written off if, if I expose like how, how young I am, if I say I'm 24, if I say I just graduated from college two years ago, it's like, oh, she's a baby. Yeah. And I'm like. Okay, but I was just talking about stocks, bonds, and right, right. um, yeah. and personal wealth, and like I've just was holding the same conversation with you. Yep. But now that you know that I am fifteen oh, yeah, years yeah. younger than you, <laughs> yeah. you know now 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 the conversation shifts, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh well, you don't know enough, or wait until you live life, or wait until you have a husband and kids. Like I have been to, I have had events where, like I'm the, I'm the the moderator, I'm I'm the presenter, and like people will combat me from their chairs and say like. Oh well, you know, just wait till you have a husband and kids. You can't budget that way. Wow. Why? Why can't I budget that way? My mom does it, oh. and she has six. She has six of them. Oh. So, hmm. She has six kids and a husband. So, and I, I just understand that sometimes you, you really do need somebody that is your age and someone hmm. that you don't feel like is like trying to just sell you or, you know, not trying to really educate you or trying to like be hip or be cool. Like, no girl, I really live this life. Like (laughs) I'm really this person. And, and yeah, it, it really sucks sometimes, but I, you know, I hold my own. I'm all, I'm all right with it because I know that there, there's nothing that I can do differently, but educate and, you know, be authentically myself because, whether I and I've had people who also wanted to combat me try to, and then after my session, come up to me and say, like, at first I wasn't feeling it, but I like everything you said, I loved it. Everything, like, I'm going to use these tips now. I'm going to, yeah. you know, I'm going to start doing some things that you suggested because of, you know, p- because of this workshop, because of this session. Right. And it's just like, you know, come in with the open mind. Like just because I don't have a husband and kids doesn't mean that I don't know learn. what I'm talking That's about. Right. Or yeah, that you can't learn something learn. From, from each other. That's right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. It's so and true. And I don't want, I don't want kids. Like yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Not everybody wants them. That's right. And everybody's going to have the same path in their life just because that's what most people do. It's it's so true. Everybody's always asking me about, oh, when you get married, when you have kids. I'm like, first of all, why don't you ask me about my business ventures? Why don't you ask me when I'm writing a book? Why don't you ask me when my podcast comes out? Why don't you ask me? <laughs> because it's important that, you know, women are recognized for other things. It's beautiful to be a wife. It's beautiful to be a mother. It's beautiful to be all those things. But you can be uh, a lot of other things as well. And those things should be celebrated too. So I hear you, girl. Exactly. I it's love beautiful that. to be a, the rich auntie as well. That's right. And I, I love <laughs> I love my nieces and nephews. I'm, I'm the best tia okay. in the world. They love me. I'm the best tia. I take them out. They come to my house. They can watch movies. We do whatever they want. Okay. And then we they go to museums. Go, we do all of right? it. And then when we're done, they go back home. <laughs> okay. 
They go back to their parents. <laughs> Girl, this was so fun. Thank you so much. I have one last question to wrap up the show, which is I'm going to put your face on a dollar bill and I'm going to cover over it. I'm going to take, oh wait, sorry, USA. I'm just going to wipe that away. And I'm going to put your money mantra or your money message over the dollar bill to inspire anybody who touches money or to transact who transacts with money with your money message. So what is uh, what would your money message or money mantra be? So my money mantra would be, enjoy the life you buy. Mm, I like that because there's two pieces to it. One is you buy your life. You really do. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you got to pay for the things, all the things. And then the second piece is you have to live with the decision that you purchased. So you have to find a way to enjoy it. So I, I, I really yeah. like that. Enjoy the life you mm-hmm. buy. Okay. Yes, ma'am. All right. Um, That's not on a dollar bill. <laughs> it will be. It will be, girl. And I'm going to tag you and you can share it. I love that. Um, Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. If people out there listening or watching were inspired by your story and by your uh, authenticity today, where could they hit you up? Where could they find you? Yeah. So you can find me everywhere at the Bougie Budgeter. Bougie is spelled B-O-U-J-I-E because bougie with a G looks like boogie to me. (laughs) I don't know. Um, And I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of those things. And yeah, um, Twitter is just bougie budgeter because I can't add the, the, you know, credit character limits. And then, or you can definitely check my, check out my website. I have so many free and, and some paid resources. I have a budgeting workbook that I put my blood, sweat and tears into, and it is super dope. And it teaches you how to create your money system. And when I say this thing is like, top notch. Definitely um, check out that. And if you love love what I had to say, you want to um, check out the workbook, you can use code HELPFUL. Hey, love it. Miss Be Helpful. Yeah. And um, you can get $20 off your workbook. So I'm super excited. Awesome. And um, yeah, so Bougie Budgets everywhere, Bougie Budgeter. And I do answer DMs if they are appropriate. Yeah, right. Keep it clean, people. <laughs> Keep it clean. Oh, love it. Thank you so much again, Michael. This was a blast and um, enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye.